Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach and trainer, Michael Lafito. Hey everybody, Michael Lafito. Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host. You're in the right place, whether you're, you're a newer agent or a seasoned veteran, whether you're with an independent brokerage or a large franchise, there's going to be something for everybody. Uh, we are really excited. This is episode 204. This is our 204th podcast. Literally, you can go to luxury. Uh, you can go to luxurylistingpodcast.com, luxurylistingpodcast, to listen to previous episodes. Uh, we just celebrated our 200th episode, and we had undercover billionaire Glenn. Uh, we had Glenn Stearns on that po uh, podcast episode, and episode 202, we talked with a gentleman out of Miami, Tony Martinez. Uh, he just launched a luxury division less than four months ago. He used our course as a springboard to launch his luxury division. So we pick his brain on how things are going, why he wanted a dedicated luxury division. So that's episode 202. By the way, Tony's also the president of the CDPE designation, Certified Distressed Property Expert. So on that episode, we also talked about, uh, in his mind, does he think we're gonna see more short sales and foreclosures? Again, if you're getting value from this podcast or previous podcast, please leave us a five-star review, leave us a like, uh, share it. And for those of you that are watching the recording of our podcast, feel free to type in any comments. But those of you that are listening to this podcast, you're driving right now, you're listening, you can always send us an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. And again, if you have questions for Connor, just go ahead and type those in the comments section. Uh, and we look forward to helping you guys. Again, my email is michael at marketingluxurygroup.com. Again, each Friday, just a reminder, each Friday we come to you live with various live streams where you can ask us any questions. We call that AMA, Ask Me Anything. And many times we'll have special guests on our Luxury Fridays that we don't have on our podcast. Again, uh, we do podcasts twice a month and we do Luxury Fridays four times a month. So go to LuxuryFriday.com. All right. I want to uh, give you a little background on today's guest. And um, before I bring on our guest, uh, I was approached. I sold a home several years ago for a gentleman. Uh, it was a $900,000 home uh, in a beautiful uh, community, backed up to a golf course and I was not the first agent. It was listed previously. And uh, Walter had given me a call to market his home. And we had a, a great relationship and we got it sold. And Walter reached out one day and said, my grandson uh, is thinking about getting in real estate. Would you ever consider an intern? I said, well, actually, I've had interns in the past. Uh, so, yes, I'd be well uh, welcome uh, on your grandson. He said, well, he's not in the area. He's going to college in North Carolina. Uh, but if he were to intern for you, he might live with me for the summer. So uh, with that being said, I had an intern last summer and I want to bring on Dugan Riley. Dugan, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. Hey, Dugan. And Dugan right now is living down in 
Tennessee, and that's part of the story. So uh, before we talk about today, let's talk about last summer. So last summer, Dugan, you interned for me. Uh, you went to High Point University, and you just graduated less than three months ago, right? May 7th of 2022, you graduated. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yep. And uh, you graduated with an entrepreneurship background. And uh, tell everybody a little bit about how that conversation started with Grandpa when he said, hey, have you ever thinking about real estate? I got to introduce you to the real estate agent that sold our house in Aurora, Illinois. So tell everybody a yeah. little backstory on on Grandpa and his conversation he had with you, introducing him, uh, introducing me to you virtually. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was doing, reaching out, seeing what I could get for the summer as an internship. Um, and, uh, you know, I was reaching out to friends and family that, you know, we usually do to see who has good connections as far as who could help us out get an internship. Um, and I reached out to my grandpa, which is Walter, um, who Michael was talking about. And, um, you know, he reached out to who he knew in the Chicagoland area. And Michael is one of those people that he reached out to. Um, and, you know, I was doing a few different, looking at a few different avenues as far as, you know, real estate, social media marketing, you know, other marketing sales, you know, all around the general business idea. Trying um, to figure out what you wanted to do when you graduated. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my grandpa said, oh, what about real estate? And I said, you know, I've always thought about it as a young kid. I've always wanted to, you know, I've, I've watched, you know, HDTV flip or flop and all those different houses and or different shows, sorry, about building houses and all that. And, you know, there was always something that was interesting to me, at least. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, maybe selling real estate would be something you know, along the lines, you get to be in and out of the houses, you know, still be part of that journey of, you know, building houses or um, getting that family remodeling the house or whatever it may be. So yeah. you know, that's a little background about that. Yeah. Thank you for the backstory. So uh, fast forward, uh, his grandpa introduced us. We had a call and that was six months before you even uh, decided to come out. So you moved out, you lived with grandpa and grandma and that had to be special, but yet, you know, as a 20, 21 year old and having a girlfriend and social life, uh, you know, you were living in their terms and had to respect that. So last year you, you, you came out and you worked, uh, you interned for me as a real estate agent, but I also run the consulting company Lux, right? We're the founder of the luxury designation. We've had in-person, uh, four in-person events so far in 2022, and we just announced our next in-person designation training is going to be in Milwaukee, September 21st. Uh, go to luxurydesignation.com for more information about that in-person event. And so, Dugan, uh, you were like a sponge. You asked a lot of questions uh, and you wanted to learn why did we do uh, explain things a certain way or why did we do something a certain way? Uh, you went on uh, listing appointments with us. You went on showings. We've had videos. I re remember we did an unveiling where I had seen an amazing property that we've since sold. It was the highest sale ever in the town called Winfield, Illinois. And the house needed a lot of updating and neutralizing and staging. And I remember you seeing that house for the first time right before you went back to school. So tell everybody a little bit about some of the experiences of what you were hoping uh, to get out of the internship and, and just looking back uh, about a year ago over some of the hands-on uh, experiences that you received through internship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what I was looking for, you know, 
as a typical college student, you don't really know what you're looking for when you go in. You just take the opportunity, you go through the, the door that uh, is open for you, and you just go headfirst in to see what works. Um, so, you know, I didn't really have any expectations or anything getting out of it. Maybe, you know, the only expectation I did have is like, oh, maybe like if this is something that is, you know, a fit for me, I would like to get my license over the summer. Um, and you know, I did get that over the, the fall. Um, cause it took now me you a signed while. up. I remember you, you signed up during the internship. I remember you saying you went to, because at that time you were a student in North Carolina and where was home for you again? So, um, I mean, home's pretty much a lot of different places. I mean, I was born actually in the Chicagoland area, but lived in Philly for a while and, you know, lived in Boston for a little bit. So I would say home for me is the Chicagoland area, but the um, last summer, like when you were in college, when you went back to see mom, dad, home was Boston. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you were in Boston. You, you went to college in North Carolina. You didn't know anybody in Tennessee where you currently are licensed, but your girlfriend already accepted a nursing position. Uh, and so you knew uh, when you were taking when you signed up for Tennessee real estate classes, the whole reason you took classes there and we're going to be a licensed agent in Tennessee where you didn't know anybody was because that's where your girlfriend was going. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So last summer you signed up for the Tennessee real estate license online and you, you officially got licensed, uh, fall, December, uh, you know, late fall. And, and then you graduated in May, correct? Mm-hmm. I graduated so, in May. Yep. Three days after you graduated, fast forward, three days after you graduated, as so you graduated May 7th, three days after that was May 11th, you, you moved down to Tennessee without knowing a soul except your girlfriend, mm -hmm. starting a brand new career without a database and a sphere. So again, those of you that are listening to this, you know, one of the first things that many real estate coaches or brokers will tell an agent is, hey, go through your database, people that know you, like you, trust you. I didn't have social media when I got licensed in 2000, but I'm sure they tell you now, go to your Facebook friends or your LinkedIn connections and figure out and let people know that you're in real estate. Now, you could still do that even though you had connections in Boston and Chicago, but you didn't have any connections in Tennessee. So you go down there not knowing anybody and a brand new licensed agent. The good news is you had some mentorship through your internship. Uh, you went through our luxury designation class. Um, you've been on a lot of our trainings uh, virtually. Uh, of course, we've been available to answer questions. So you get licensed in, in May. And, and one of the things I teach, uh, a concept that I teach agents, and I talked to Dugan about this, was leveraging other people's properties until you have your own portfolio. So in this case, open houses. So Dugan, as a new agent, didn't have any listings, but he leveraged open houses. So up until the point of this, you've been licensed in Tennessee and living in Tennessee for less than three months, but you've done about 15 open houses at other people's listings. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And and tell me about how that dialogues, some of those within the company you're with, you're currently a licensed agent at EXP. Mm -hmm. So some of those were EXP and some of them outside of EXP. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as far as what that, how that went, um, you know, I was real, thinking, real quick. So yeah. every state's different. So in Tennessee, you can host open houses within your brokerage, of course, but outside your brokerage. And so Dugan has done both within and out. Check with your broker for wherever you're listening. 
in the state of Illinois where I'm based, it's my understanding you can't do that. So check with your broker, check with your real estate board. But Dugan has done open houses, hosted open houses at listings within his brokerage and outside of his brokerage. And so tell me a little bit about, you know, if we were to role play and I've coached you up on this and, and helped you uh, position it, like I say, on a silver platter. You know, I tell agents, uh, the, the listing agent on the other line, when they pick up that phone, they only care about what's in it for them. And what are you going to do to save them time, aggravation and money? So when you call people to potentially host open houses at their listings, tell me a, a range of uh, feedback. You know, some people are shocked or some people are trying to figure out what, what's in it for you or some people understand it. What, what's been the, the range of, of feedback or uh, response that you've received? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I did try calling a lot of agents. Unfortunately, that didn't seem to work out as best as I would like it to. Um, so I reverted back to the easy option of texting the agent. Um, a lot of agents like that option better just because they're always busy. You know, they can't always answer the phone. Um, so how it all kind of happened, I was just, you know, looking through the MLS one day and, you know, I was going through whatever the highest price property was on the MLS all the way down to the lowest price property on the MLS. And I texted at one point I got to, I think I got to almost 500 agents that I texted and sent out like, you know, my personalized message saying, Hey, like my name is Dugan Riley. And you know, I'm, I'm brand new to the area here in Nashville. Um, with EXP realty. Um, I would love to help you, you know, help you out in any way I can. I am luxury listed certified. I, um, you know, I work with Michael Lafita, the top luxury real estate agent in Chicagoland, and I work with other big time people in the real estate as far as Alina Cardone or Tyreek El Musso. So I, you know, I had to name drop a little bit here and there um, to get their attention. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of people said, you know, were pretty rude. They said, I don't, you know, I don't really know who you are and I don't care who you are. Um a lot of people said, you know, sorry, I need to have a team, like no need to help me here. Um, and then you get the few here and there that, you know, they're really help, helpful in what they do. And they uh, gave me the opportunity to host an open house. So it was kind of like a snowball effect after, you know, the first week and the first weekend wasn't all glitz and glamour. I was doing, I believe, an open house for an EXP agent. Um, I can't remember what price that was, but I think it was sub a million dollars. So, um, which is for our market, um, average in my County is 800,000, I think, um, for our Davidson County, but outside of our County, Williamson County is one of the most expensive here in the state of Tennessee. So average there is okay. 1.2. So Hi, it's Michael Lafito here with a quick break from the podcast. If you are committed to increasing your average sale price and you want to work smarter, not harder, then you want to check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com where you'll find out more information about the Lux designation along with some additional resources. Again, I'll repeat, check out LuxuryListingSpecials.com. And now let's get back to the show. So real quick, so you got a lot of pushback. Just to recap, if you're just joining us, Michael Lafito here. This is episode 204 of our Luxury Listing Podcast. I have on D Dugan Riley. He's been licensed real estate agent 
in Tennessee for less than three months. He's already hosted about 15 open houses. He's just telling us about the experience. Initially, a lot of no's, no's, no's. Agents were rude. They were skeptical. Um, and so he's fast forward. He finally got somebody to say, yes, you can host an open house and sub million, but still safe to say between 700 and 900,000. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's some agents that won't ever list a home in the 700 and 900 or work with a 700 and 900 buyer. There's some markets that have more of those than others. Your market's a strong market. They Nashville, Tennessee area, Florida, some markets have benefited because of the pandemic. And that is one of them. Um, so, so you did, a, let's call it 800,000. You did your first open house. Some agents are listening to this saying, wow, what a great opportunity. I'd love to sell a $700,000, $800,000 home. So that was your first. So mm -hmm. you t tell me a little bit about, you've done about 15, what you've learned through open doing those open houses. What are some best practices you're doing to leverage those open houses? What are some things that in full transparency, it's some struggles that you've had. Maybe you don't know the home as much. Maybe you feel like you're doing, I need to get back to you on that because they're asking tough questions. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about some of the things you've learned through the first 15 and what are your best practices that you're rolling out if you were to do an open house this weekend? And by the way, are you doing one this weekend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. Nice. What price point? Uh, 4.2. Awesome. So tell me about some of the things that you've learned from those open houses and then we'll focus on maybe in a positive way. And then we'll talk about maybe some turbulence uh, mm -hmm. in full transparency that you've gone through. Yeah. So obviously it wasn't the perfect right away. Um, it was, you know, it took some time. It took different weekends to really build on what I didn't know and learn from that and then build on what I did know and capitalize on that. So, um, you know, one of the first was definitely making sure people sign in. I know that was, um, something that I gotten better at, um, even if it was like posting a, uh, eight by 12 page on the front door and saying, Hey, welcome to, you know, the open house. Your host is Dugan Riley. Please sign in, um, when you get in the door. And so that has definitely been helpful. Um, and it also, uh, has been, you know, I've been working in different ways here and there, like offering, doing like a giveaway or like a, a $25 Starbucks gift card giveaway or something like that as far as an incentive to people to sign in. Um, so that's one of the ways, you know, I struggled in the first place, but, you know, I'm still building on it and trying to get it to where it's, you know, pretty good. So I don't lose any people. Um, you know, other ways you really study up on the house as, as going into it. Um, you know, you could, study up a little bit more as everyone, you know, you, you kind of forget some stuff when you get in there. Um, and then another one would be like, I get distracted talking to and building rapport. And then I don't ask them like the valuable questions that, you know, would help me out in the first place. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's been a building game, um, as far as what I know and what I don't know. Sure. Um, so, I mean, the best practice, had, go ahead. Yeah. Best yeah, practices. The, yeah. The best practices would be, you know, making sure, which is the craziest thing to me is the first thing is making sure you put signs out. A lot of people don't put signs out, which is for, the craziest thing for me. Cause it's like, well, how do you know, like this person's doing an open house. Um, and I just got a uh, 15 foot EXP flag that says open house with my face on it. 
I've been using that, got a lot of good feedback and I got a lot of negative feedback. So, you know, negative feedback from uh, other real estate agents or home seller or homeowners around that house. Are we, we lost Dugan for a split second. Uh, no, I can't, I cannot hear you right now. So, uh, do, no, I cannot hear you. So the question to you, Dugan, was who's been giving you push feedback here? So while Dugan is uh, figuring out his audio, just I can to, can you hear me uh, now? There we go. Yes. Yeah. So Dugan, who's been giving you grief? <laughs> so yeah, speak. yeah. So um, it's mostly neighbors. So I did a uh, open house last weekend in a neighborhood in uh, Thompson Station here. Um, and it was, you know, and it was a neighborhood with an HOA fee on it. And so, you know, okay. they have certain rules and stuff like that. Um, okay. So I did not post it inside the neighborhood. I put it, posted it outside the gates on, yeah. you know, on the other side of the road. And, you know, a lot of people in the community on Facebook posted about it. So, you know, it's it you, you live and learn, you know, so. Yeah. You, you kind of well, have you know, to. You're not going to make everybody happy, Dugan. One thing you might know, I told this to you last year, if you want to make everybody happy, like Steve Jobs says, sell ice cream. But even if you sold ice cream, people would complain. So mm-hmm. sounds like you followed the rules. You didn't have any signs within the community, which is mm-hmm. probably against the HOA. There's pros and cons to HOAs. We've talked about that. I recently released a, a, a video on the pros and the cons of homeowners association. So you've gotten some pushback. So, but the big, the big, you know, image with your fo- face on it mm-hmm. with open house overall has been good, but there's some negative there. What are some other best practices, signing in photos, mm-hmm. what kind of pre-marketing, what are you doing to try to get traffic? Mm-hmm. I, I know I suggested to you knocking on doors across the street, 10 houses across five, as well as five to the left of the home, five to the right, and maybe offering up a little window beforehand where it's private just for the neighbors. So in other words, doing an open house Sunday from one to three, but between 12 and noon, we're having a special preview just for the neighbors. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to to let uh, the next potential buyer know about this home? Perhaps you've entertained and somebody says, hey, let me know when a, when a house comes on in this neighborhood. I love it. And so have you been able to leverage any door knocking or uh, notes or, or letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, in our market door knocking is not usually a thing and is pretty f- frowned upon, especially in the higher end, uh, neighborhoods. So I've done, um, I haven't done door knocking here, um, just because, you know, it's, it's frowned upon and I don't want to be to uh, get too much in trouble here. Um, but I have done, you know, mailers. I have done uh, handing out other mailers as far as open house postcards. Mm-hmm. So I have done, uh, you know, I ran around the neighborhood what, before one open house put out like 50 postcards. And, you know, I got, I believe, one or two neighbors from it. So, you know, a good return sure. um, on that. Uh, but, you know, I, I have done... Let's see. The mailers have been really awesome. Um, you know, paying for you pay for it um, through USPS. You can buy routes. You can, you know, you upload it on EXP. You get your own design and you give it to them and they go ahead and drop it off to every single one, every single home on that route. So that has been really good. interesting to you. Mailers. Mailers yeah. are good for you. Um, All right. So, so many people listening to this podcast, they're, they're, they're you know, the topic was, you know, you've done a $4.2 million 
open house, you've done a 4.5, you've been down there for less than three months, you know, and you've shared with me offline because, you know, we talked about how do you leverage it. The one $4.2 million listing I took a look at, I recommend you do some, some videos beforehand promoting it, do some walkthroughs, leveraging it, getting the, of course, the listing agent's permission to do that. Uh, and you had 20 people through the four four $4.2 million. Talk to me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so that was definitely a pretty exciting experience. Um, never had that many people come through at one time. So pretty uh, nerve-wracking, pretty exciting. You know, you, you get all these motions going through um, when all these people are starting to rush through the door. So, you know, it was a different experience, um, but I liked it. Um, you kind of have to learn, like I said, you got to build on what you know and what you don't know. So, you know, I kind of got, I kind of got confused and, you know, I kind of lost track of the people that came in, didn't get to talk to everyone, which is, you know, it's going to happen. A lot of people, but, a lot of traffic. Yeah. And this was and, a vacant new construction. So from a liability, you know, somebody's got the Rolex watch out there, whatever you were, you were covered there you know, not like. There were thieves in there, but they could case the home still. But regardless, you were overwhelmed because there's one of you and there's multiple families and you wanted to greet everybody and you wanted to build rapport with everybody. But it's tough to do when there's one of you and 20 of them. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah, for sure. Did you do a sign in on that one? I know you're doing sign ins now. And and what do you typically get? 50 percent sign in, two thirds sign in. Yeah, for that one, um, it wasn't a great percentage on the sign-in, um, you know, because I had so much traffic. It was, you know, I couldn't really talk to everyone and get people to sign in. So, unfortunately, I had like one or two people sign in. Okay, um, so let's just say one. You got one of 20. Okay, that's that's 5%. Obviously, it can be improved upon. Uh, did you give out more than one business card to everybody? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the one thing I am trying to work on a little bit is, you know, I I – get used to just handing people my card and be like, Hey, you know, if you need any help, here's my card. would love yeah. to help you anyway. Instead of, you know, having them sign in and it sends them off like a, a page of me about me and then the yeah. listing. So, you know, I've been handing out cards left and right. Um, and you know, I've been going that's through a good them. Thing, but you can't make the assumption that they're going to contact you. Some people don't see value in business cards. Our business cards are thick, they're memorable, but I always like to ask them, uh, you know, Dugan, what's the best way to, to be in touch with you? Is it text? Is it email? Uh, and I like to get their digits, their contact information, because I don't want to make the assumption they're going to call us. And we've talked a little bit about that. So one out of 20 signed in, you've done an open house. Uh, at a $4.5 million, which has generated a buyer that's looking in a two, five to 5 million. Tell everybody a little bit about that. Yeah. So it was a, I actually went, by the way, these are both the 4.2 and now this four or five, they're not within your brokerage They're outside the brokerage. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So tell everybody about the 4.5 and how the, 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 the buyer, the two and a half to $5 million unrepresented buyer came about and, what you did to bring value and what you're doing or trying to do to continue to bring value and stay in touch with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was actually the night before I was doing the open house for the 4.5, you know, I was going through, I'm going to go there, set up my signs, put up my flag, you know, create some buzz overnight for people to come in. Um, and the listing agent of the property was there actually doing an open house that same day. Um, she told me to come in, you know, I, she wanted to really introduce herself and get to know me. Um, 
Uh, and so, you know, she had a buyer because the, the thing about it, she is working for the builder, so she can't sell real estate outside of um, the home. So she has to, you know, refer buyers that come oh. in that don't want the home sure. to other uh, agents. So can she collect a referral fee. Yes, she can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's a, that's a big thing here is there's a lot of agents that work for, you know, builders and um, other developers here in the area on these higher end communities. Um, and a lot of these agents cannot uh, sell to people or help people sure. buy outside yeah. of the neighborhood. Yeah, The builder wants them hundred percent focused on selling their product, their properties. So in this case, she had, a buyer that wasn't interested in that property, but she handed off the lead, so to speak to you. Mm -hmm. You cheerfully said, I'll pay a referral fee. Mm -hmm. And fast forward, how, how are you doing now? Have you taken them out? Have you talked to them? Have you met face to face? Yeah. So we've, we've talked, um, actually that night. So I talked with the clients for about, you know, a good hour and a half. Um, I was talking with them about, you know, their goals, their dreams. Um, they asked me about my goals and my dreams um, and we really got a strong connection going. Um, actually, me and the um, the wife are going to probably start setting up a uh, networking group for other luxury businesses around the area because she's in um, she sells luxury Disney vacations, so she's in right. that space. Um, so, by the way, that's one of the strategies that I taught Duga and I teach other agents. Right, is is join a chamber of commerce and eventually start your own networking group, a luxury networking group. And we can talk about that at a different time. So you have a good rapport with her. Um, have you taken them out to see any properties? If so, what, what are the price points there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I've gotten a little range about what, what they kind of want to look at. Um, you know, they're, they're being a little picky, obviously, you know, everyone would in that price range. Um, but, you know, they, they're not looking to buy for, you know, 12 to 18 months from now. So definitely. A, so it's a, a longer long relationship. Correct. Okay. Um, so let's talk about that right now. What can Duke and Riley or what can our listeners do right now when you have that buyer that's six months, nine months, 12 to 18 months out or that seller that's 12 to 18 months? Stay in communication with them, whether it be a text or, hey, this property came on. I know we're premature here a little bit, but, you know trying to get and zone in on what they like, what their likes are and what their interests are uh, and bring value, right? Whether it be educational videos uh, for buyers, sellers, market updates, continue to bring value, Dugan, would be my recommendation uh, so that they are loyal to you. They realize you know what the heck you're doing. Are they are they relocating from the national market or outside of Tennessee? Uh, no, so they actually been here in Nashville for about two and a half years now. Perfect. Um, so, so they so. should have some relationships already. So you just, now that you've built some rapport, just subtly, you know, if I were to role play with you and you were them, Hey Dugan, I know we're about 18 months out uh, before you're ready to really pull the trigger, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, but because I'm, you're going through open houses because I'm talking to you about real estate, your antennas up, so to speak. We call that our reticulator activator. And you're going to hear other people talking about buying or selling real estate because you're, even though we're a little further out, you're kind of going through that process now. So again, I work on a referral based. I'd love the opportunity to help them. Or if you know of anybody who needs a second opinion, keep me in mind. So that's the dialogue that our listeners right now, you need to have with current buyers current sellers, 
plant the seed on how you work on a referral base primarily. And when they hear people thinking about buying or selling, they, that they contact you. So uh, we're coming up on uh, about 30 minutes here, Duke, and we try to keep these in a half hour before I recap everything. Uh, before jumping on here, we talked about what were some of the three big takeaways you got from interning from us last summer. And you said overall, just thinking outside the box, but I wrote these down. Number one, you kind of learn the ins and the outs of real estate, the good, bad, and the ugly, so to speak, correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, what uh, what the difference is of selling typical, you know, what I call average properties versus luxury, some of the ins and the outs. That was one of your second big takeaway. Is that correct? Yep. And then you talk about branding and marketing uh, is number three. You know, my tagline, it's not the market, it's the marketing. And I tell agents, don't think like real estate agents, think like marketers. And you saw us incorporating a lot of video last year, did you not? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I've, I, I've even noticed I've encouraged you and you weren't necessarily comfortable. Actually, last year we were taking a look at, if you recall, that home on Equestrian. And I surprised Dugan with a Facebook Live. Uh, we were just finishing up. It was his last day. And I, I put the camera on him and, and I, 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 want, I didn't want him to feel totally uncomfortable, but I wanted him to step out of his comfort zone because that's where the magic happens. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not consistently putting videos out there for buyers, for sellers, live videos, you don't have a YouTube video, I strongly recommend it. You can talk to people about where you were at when I surprised you with the video and where you're at today, comfort level wise, and what recommendations do you have for people when it comes to uh, video particularly? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like in the moment, you know, you're, you don't, you don't expect it. Um, but you know, like it's one of those things where like you don't feel comfortable doing it, but you know, you have to do it to, you know, be a real estate agent. Like you say, shy realtors have skinny kids. So right. when you, when you have, you know, when you're shy, um, and you're not willing to, you know, go outside your comfort zone and work on, you know, being surprised and, you know, going outside the comfort, your comfort zone, you you know, you, you got to work on that. Um, so nowadays, you know, I, I, I do do it a lot more than I used to. Um, and I am getting a little bit more comfortable. I'm starting to, you know, post out YouTube videos about, you know, informational for, you know, first time home buyers or, you know, pros and cons of what is like living in Nashville, you know, growing that, that education and that information for people that are coming here from different States. So I'm definitely getting a little bit more, um, you know, comfortable in that space. Um, but you know, you're never going to be completely comfortable. I feel like you're always going to be, uh, uncomfortable at something you do as far as social media. So, you know, it's about taking, taking action and just doing, doing it and, you know, getting up, taking the action, you know, press record. So like, you know, you, it, it's just all about pressing the record button. You may not, um, ever be completely compare, uh, prepared, mm -hmm. but you know, you just got to do it and you know, you got to build on it. You got to learn from what you did in the past and, you know, work on doing that. So perfect. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, stepping out of your comfort zone and be consistent with it. Right. Do you feel like you're better today than you were initially when you started producing videos some couple months ago? 
Yeah, no, I definitely do feel a little bit better. I'm still working on the consistency part because, you know, that's that's the hardest thing for, you know, anything in business is staying consistent. Um, that's that's definitely a challenging part. Yeah, so a reminder for those of you who are listening, some tips to stay consistent. Have some visual reminders. Have a goal board, right? Here we are, uh, you know, at the timing of this, we're in August of 2022. We have three actually four months left and and the the year just a little over four months so you have a third of the year left to finish strong so have some great visual reminders about your 2022 goals or maybe you want to get that muscle car or that that, that vacation home and so when you don't feel like doing it that day having those reminders sometimes is an extrinsic motivation a reason to do that so many agents feel before they break into luxury they have to be licensed X amount of years, live in a certain home, sell X amount of houses. You've sold one home, it was 700,000 to this point. And it's, there was a little bit of an asterisk because it was your girlfriend's house mm -hmm. uh, that you helped her buy. Uh, so knowing some of the misconceptions, you gotta be with a certain brokerage, licensed X amount of years, live in a certain community. Those are some of the misconceptions as well with our Lux designation, Dugan. Many agents feel that they have to be, have sold previous luxury homes to get certified in luxury. And of course, you've gone through our course. Do you recommend agents, even if they're newer agents like you, or you took our, went through our course before you even officially licensed in the state of Tennessee? Do you recommend that, or do you recommend agents wait and you know several years down the road break into luxury? No, yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend you doing the course. It's it's really helpful. Um, because I've actually seen it a lot here. A lot of agents got into the business around March 2020. Um, and you know, they they got in where stuff was flying off the market. Um, you know, they could list a house and it was so easy, they're making all this money. Um, and now stuff is sitting longer. So the techniques that you teach is like the techniques that you need to know when stuff sits longer, you know, the average days of the market is longer. You know, how do you market the property? Because, you know, like you said, it's not about the the market is about the marketing. So as even when stuff sits longer, it's about really positioning the property in the best um, light for other people to see. So, you know, I do recommend taking it. It teaches you all the different aspects of what you would need to know, whether you do luxury or you, you know, your goal is not to do luxury. It, it, it hits all the different price points for sure. Um, so it's definitely a good course to take if you know you're just starting out or you know you just are been doing it for a while. It, it touches on all different points that I think are not teached in other courses for sure. Yeah, well I appreciate that, Dugan. We're going to have you on a Luxury Fridays and we'll check in. Good luck with your open house this weekend, a four and a half million. Uh, Dugan Riley, greatly appreciate your time and keep raising the bar. Thank you. I'm appreciate for being on. All right, you're welcome. So, folks, that was Dugan Riley. I hope this is helpful to you. If you have a suggestion for a guest, maybe you would like to be a guest on our podcast or an upcoming Luxury Fridays. Again, you can go to LuxuryFridays.com for more information, more information on us and when our next live stream is. I'll go to LuxuryFridays.com. Uh, but please shoot me an email if, if that's something that you're interested in, you want to nominate someone, or you think you'd be a guest. You have a great story. We'd like to hear about it. And Prove others wrong is a motto we live by. And the last thing I'll leave you with is why not you? Each year there's agents that go from startup 
to rock star agents or from selling average properties to luxury homes. Why not you? What you focus on expands. So make sure that you have uh, your inner sphere, your people that you talk to, what you're listening to, what you're reading to is your foundation. That's going to be really important, really important to take your business to the next level. Again, leave us a five-star review or a like or share it if we've earned it. My name is Michael Lafito. Until next time, you're listening to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specials Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. Remember, it's not the market, it's the marketing. Take care.